Welcome to the first uh, biota.org podcast. I have the pleasure today of uh, interviewing Dave Kerr, who was one of the initial interviewees, about the uh, updates to his uh, AIR project uh, and also some uh, more detail on the background of his development of A-Life uh, and also his work with AI Planet. Uh, Dave is joining us today from uh, from Calgary, Canada, aren't you, Dave? Yep. Hi, Tom. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Um, pretty good, pretty good. It's a nice sunny morning in Vegas. I'm interested uh, in uh, just some uh, initial discussion on your background and how you got interested in A-Life, uh, how you got interested in software development, independent software development, and things of this nature. Um, just started while I was playing games. Kind of got interested in making my own, and not necessarily games, just I wanted to see how artificial intelligence could play out on a computer system in, in a game world environment. Very cool. Was AI your first publicly accessible, uh, sorry, was AI Planet your first uh, publicly accessible A-Life program? Uh, pretty much. I had a bunch of other things, like smaller games than I made and whatnot, but I never really released those on the internet. I did a lot of stuff on BBSs before, but that wasn't that was before the internet was popular. So. Certainly. So were you developing any life on, on the software that you were putting out on BBSs? Not really. Just uh, games mostly. Cool. I'd have some interesting things like like wars between artificial molds. Things like that, but I never really like it. Never clicked to me that it was like developing a life at the time. Great. Now, for people not familiar with AI Planet, can you give some background into how you started developing it and the move into putting it on SourceForge and things of this nature? Well, AI Planet started when I was I was working as a truck driver. Actually, I was um, just designing this program I wanted to see, which was basically a little world with a bunch of artificial guys, and I wanted to have them kind of like fend for themselves in this world without um, any human help, basically. They would just kind of learn how to grow and figure out how to get food and shelter and whatnot. But as I started coding that, I started getting into 3D graphics for the first time. I got carried away with that. I started exploring what I could do with that, and it turned into AI Planet. Pretty cool. Basically, everything I wanted to make, minus the really cool artificial intelligence guys, which is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Now, what's interesting about AI Planet is that you actually got users of AI Planet to create their own creatures. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, it was, it was a little tough development-wise for people to add their own creatures because they had to set up a uh, development environment, but... People helped me make creatures by giving me art. Um, one user made a duck, and basically it would just float on the water and eat fruit. And I added a shark that would eat the ducks. <laughs> it kind of made like a little ecosystem that way. Terrific. Now, in, what did you learn from AI Planet in terms of your next development? What, what kind of things did it teach you? of how objects move around in 3D space. Before that, I had only tried two-dimensional graphics and algorithms. But with AI Planet, it kind of gave me 
more confidence to go with that 3D environment because two dimensions isn't too believable. Certainly. You got a lot of very positive user feedback, I think even still to this day, from people that really like the graphical environment for AI Planet. Uh, and I think it's certainly a, a fascinating project for, for anyone interested in, in looking at uh, how relatively simple graphics in combination with a lot of, a lot of separate entities uh, can create a really, really rich environment. Now, moving on to AIR. What fascinates me about the movement from AI Planet to AIR is that you've really returned to first principles with AIR in terms of wanting to create the initial kind of graphics physics engine and then build whatever you want from that. Can you talk a little bit about your background in the development of AIR and what you hope to achieve initially with it? Sure. Well, what you said about it was precisely on the point. It's an engine that isn't artificial intelligence. It's just a means to build things that would be artificially intelligent. So it's, um, it's very open-ended from a developer's perspective. You can create and add objects way easier than with AI Planet. It's, um, it's basically the evolution of AI Planet. All the fundamental principles that run underneath AI Planet is what there is. You can even add objects in real time while the engine's running, you wouldn't have to recompile it. So you could, if AI Planet was running on air, which one day it will be, you could have new creatures being created in the game. So you could have, like, a ladybug evolve into a new kind of ladybug. And then all sorts of cool things could happen from that. Very cool. Very cool. Now... As I understand it, AIR was entered into a competition, or it took a long period of time and you put a lot of work into it. Can you give some background with regards to the competition that you entered it into and uh, and the progress that you've made through developing for the competition? This competition was called um, PGD, PascalGameDevelopment.com. And basically, to build AIR, I wanted to do something before creating the next AI Planet sequel. So we... Me and uh, my cousin Reed Bianco got together and we made a game called Blocked. And Blocked is kind of like a all-ages Super Mario type game. And it's basically just to flesh out the, the air engine so we can run around, jump, pick up objects and throw them around, stack them, build things. So by making this game, we... Uh, have like made air a lot better than just as if I had made it and it was running nothing. Very cool, very cool. I think it's an interesting principle that you're actually building not just the graphics of the environment but also the physics of the environment. Uh, can you give some discussion with regards to the linking of graphics and physics and your own experiences in developing air? That's a pretty interesting subject because what I've learned from this I'm using Newton physics, and the graphics and the physics are very closely related, because obviously to experience the physics you have to see them. So a lot of the mapping, like if you have a box, the physical mapping is a one-to-one -one relationship with the graphics. The box is exactly where you see it, all the corners are there, you just copy the, the physics. 
graphical attributes, and it positions everything correctly on the screen for you. But at the same time, you need to separate those two because sometimes you don't want the graphics to be where the physics are. For example, over a network, if you're trying to smooth out the movement of a physical object so it doesn't look all laggy and snappy, you have to interpolate where the graphics might be so the user experiences the object flying smoothly. That was actually my next question, because I think what's fascinating with AIR, and I'm not sure, I don't think AI Planet had a network component to it. So that's what fascinates me with AIR as well, is that you've got the graphics, the physics, and the, the kind of network component as well. If, if we call the new version of AI Planet that is built on top of AIR, which is a, a future project, obviously, AI Planet 2, how do you see the network component to the second AI Planet using the AIR engine? Well, I'd really like to have like a fully kind of multiplayer experience where you could log on to someone else's computer and see what's happening and like just interact with their world. Although from what I'm coding right now, that doesn't seem like a, a really near possibility because it's so complex and the physics create a lot of network traffic. Um, but if I can't pull that off, what I'm hoping to do is you'd be able to at least download like a snapshot of other people's planets and then you could run them from that position and the outcomes wouldn't necessarily be the same but they'd be quite similar certainly now is the are you actually talking about creating smaller communities that intercommunicate through air is that what you're thinking of here yeah that would be a possibility like two objects could travel, or one object could travel from across two systems. Very cool. What fascinates me about AIR is that it's, a, in, in terms of the physics, in terms of the networking, in terms of the graphics, is it's something that a lot of ALIFE developers have been talking about through biota.org and through communications. And biota.org created a, a project called Darwin at Home, which I, I know you were aware of, and that kind of faltered because everyone had their own specific idea but what I think is interesting now is this idea of kind of organic development that there are a series of independent developers such as yourself that are developing uh, graphics, physics, network uh, engines. Um, what do you see in terms of collaboration or in terms of independent development with regards to AIR? Well we're planning on making it open source so people could contribute that way. It's pretty obvious you just have a source and you add to it. Are you thinking of changing language at all? Because I know you've been very strong with Delphi and uh, Pascal and certainly it's been inspirational to watch the, the speed of the developments of your projects. I mean clearly it's a, a great environment to, to do this kind of development. But have you thought about using other languages, maybe even as interface languages? Yeah, I've thought about it. I've heard of this one called Lua which is kind of interesting because you don't have to compile as you write. But as far as switching languages, I'm planning on switching to Free Pascal, which is an open source Pascal compiler. Um, I've always been partial to C, C++, but it's just the extra work that goes into it for an independent developer, it's just too much for me. Certainly. 
Now, with the Air Engine, and certainly I've, I follow independent game development as well as I'm sure you do, have you thought about entering it into, uh, you know, the, the large independent uh, game developer contests or things of this nature? Well, it's possible. I don't have any plans to enter any contest right now. We're waiting to see the result of this contest, and whoever wins this one will go on to the Independent Games Festival in 2007. Terrific. If you win that, we'll go there. Well, all the best for that, Dave. I certainly know you've put in many, many long hours. Um, I was looking at the website um, just to to get more information on the interview, and I noticed it hadn't been updated for a while, but obviously you guys have been working for this contest. Are you planning on doing a, an update of the website in the near future? Well, just this last week I registered a couple new domains. Um, there's block.ca, which we've been focusing on all our work on blocked. So the engine page itself hasn't been updated, but it will be quite Terrific. Um, and then naturallyintelligent.com, which is a company that I'm trying to get off the ground to have per, or commercial prospects with my software. Well, you probably have at least 200 initial listeners on this podcast. Certainly, Biota.org has been an amazing community in terms of people actually coming to your uh, site from the initial interview. What are your general thoughts with regards to developing A-Life independently and the A-Life community in general? Well, personally, I think that um, a community is a really good thing, working in teams and developing that way. People can get a lot more done than individuals can. Unfortunately, where I live, I have yet to meet anybody who's interested in this stuff. Uh, live in Calgary, which is kind of like an oil-based economy, so software is really small here. And there's, I think, one game company here. But over the internet, it's a different story, because as you said, everybody has their own ideas and their own plans and what they want to do. And I'm certainly one of those people. I like to use my own environment, because, well, when it comes to A-Life and artificial intelligence, you have to be comfortable developing because everything is very abstract. So if you have your own environment to develop with, you are able to express your ideas. Certainly, certainly. Now I think what's interesting, particularly because of the length of time that you, well, the, the amount of development that you put into air so far, is it really lends itself for other people that are doing similar developments or even starting to look at uh, at physics and graphics and network issues uh, to come to a project like AIR and actually give constructive feedback and development. You were very, well, uh, relatively successful with AI Planet in terms of getting people uh, involved. I know you were planning on doing a formal launch with AIR, which was, I, I think, going to be after the contest. What kind of plans do you have in place with regards to reaching out to the open source community in the development of AIR? Um, when I have the, the first version finalized, I like to start advertising for developers and contributors and, most importantly, people who want to use the engine to make games and AI-type-related things. Um, as it stands right now, there's just general maintenance I have to do on the code, uh, clean it up, and finish off a few features. Very cool, very cool. 
Now, thank you very much for the opportunity to interview you, Dave. Do you have any Do you have any final comments for uh, for the Biota.org listeners? Um, keep on doing what you're doing because artificial intelligence, as far as I'm concerned, is the true future of computers. Very true, very true. I think you have a lot of like-minded people listening to you currently, Dave. Thank you very much for the opportunity to, to interview. I look forward to doing a, a follow-up interview once AIR is, is up and cooking, and hopefully you have a, a good deal of support from the open source community. You've certainly received it with regards to AI Planet, and, uh, and thank you very much again for the opportunity to interview you.